0: I'm Andrew Sherman. I'm a Texas transplant who has always been in pursuit of art as a career. I've played in bands, pursued an acting career in Hollywood, but i found it behind the lens of a camera here in Dallas, Texas. I was born in New York. I've lived in Chicago, Los Angeles, Austin, but I love Dallas. There's a magical artistic scene in Dallas that mostly goes unnoticed to the outside world. This podcast is focused on what makes it so special and the people who make it thrive artistically. If you don't live here, and even if you do, you might not have heard of them. This is the Dallas Famous Podcast. Today's guest is Teresa Bell. Teresa is considered by many as one of the best acting coaches in Dallas, and I would have to agree. She spent time in Los Angeles as a successful actress, where she had roles in three Oliver Stone films and several appearances on the show Night Court during its peak, just to name a few. Teresa had the privilege to be mentored by Roy London, acting coach to the stars, which had a profound effect on her life and career. She's also a fantastic screenwriter and was a top 30 finalist in the first season of Project Greenlight. Enjoy my chat with Teresa Bell. We are here with Teresa Bell at uh, in the Cedars. Uh, Teresa's an acting coach and... Well, let's, let's, how about you tell us who you are?
1: I, well, uh, right now I'm mainly an acting coach, but I'm also a screenwriter and, uh, I'm an oil painter, so. Oh, yes.
0: and you know, I did not realize that. Yeah. How, how, how does that fit into everything? Is that something you just started uh, doing? Or the oil doing? painting or,
1: yeah. um, you know, it's one of those things I wanted to do uh, for a really long time. And then, uh, it's been seven years. Um, I asked my son and my daughter-in-law to take me to one of those. You know, paint and doodle, sip and doodle or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they took me, and I had never, ever painted before. And, you know, you have a couple hours. And you know, so I, I did my little painting. And <laughs> when it was finished, it was one of the few in the room that actually looked like, a, you know, an actual painting, a work of art. And I said, oh, you know, I might have some talent here. So I just, I got my supplies, I took some classes. And that's, you know, when I do have some free time, that's what I like to do. Oh,
0: that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. this I mean, if this is yours right here? Yeah, that's mine. I mean, okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's nice. That's really Thank nice. You. So, well, let's let's start at the beginning. So, okay. first of all, are you a Texan?
1: I am not. I'm oh. uh, originally from a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Yeah, I moved here in the 80s. And then I actually started acting in Dallas in the late 80s. And then I moved to Los Angeles in uh, 1990. I was there for 10 years. And then uh, Family Reasons brought me back to Dallas in 2000. And, okay. Uh, it's look, it looks like this is where I'll be. Yeah.
0: I mean, for me, I, lo- I lived in LA and I loved Dallas yeah. so oh, much. Oh yeah, I don't yeah. know that I could live
1: there again. No, yeah. it's changed mm-hmm. so rapidly. And yeah, very much so.
0: I mean, I feel like. <laughs> Just to live, you have to be doing so much work that you don't really want to be oh, doing. Oh, I know. You know? Yeah. Um, so okay. So was that high school? Like when you got to Texas? Like when you were going to school? Um, here?
1: I had already graduated from high school. I, I came to Texas in, in short order. I was uh, married and had a baby, and then. But I had started. I guess I started acting. I did a little modeling, then I started acting. Uh, you know, in the yeah, in the late eighties.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, of course, doing the commercials and industrials, but but also. I my experience was very different in that like the very first the very first film audition I had I booked and so wow. and then uh Oliver Stone came through town doing he did three movies at that time well it, let's say he did uh, Born on the Fourth of July uh, Talk Radio which I, I had roles you know just small roles in both of those and then when I moved to LA the very first job I had was uh on The Doors oh so, wow yeah
0: that's a, you know when I moved to LA, I remember the doors on the whiskey that yeah. they were filming at that time. So yeah. we were there at the same time. Exactly. Oh yeah. wow. So Oliver Stone. Okay, back up. Mm-hmm. Let's talk us through that first audition with with for that.
1: Uh, well, you know what? This is uh, okay. That's a really good question. I had audition. The casting director, had, you know, they had their description of what they were looking for, and um, it was the the role, <laughs> the character. She was a tart. You know, so Uh just one of those women, (laughs) and um, and I auditioned. And what they did back then, you know, we didn't have uh, video auditions. You you had the cassette tapes, and you had to overnight them to L.A. So my, you know, all of our tapes were sent to L.A. And uh, when the callbacks came in, um, I was not on the callback list. And so Ed Johnston at the time was he was the casting director, and the story is that. He was with Oliver Stone and uh, Oliver looked at the list and he said to Ed, he goes, listen, if there's somebody that you think I should see that's not on this list, bring them in. And I says, yes, well, yes, because I guess the the feedback was that I was too old for the role. Uh. And Ed couldn't understand that because there were other women on the list that were clearly older than I was. He said, this doesn't make any sense. So he brought me in and um, I walked through the door. And actually, you know, so it was during the callbacks. Oliver had just won the, um, I think it was the Caesar Award, it was, uh, you know, the equivalent of our Academy Award, I think, it was in Italy mm. for a Platoon. Oh wow! And so he was in a really good mood, <laughs> and he looked up and he looked at me, and I, I just knew that role was mine, and, <laughs> and oh, it, it was. That's so, amazing. Yeah, it was fun. It that's, was great. Wow! It was really great. I mean,
0: in your first role.
1: I, well, that for. wasn't the first thing I ever uh, auditioned for, but it was certainly the the first really big okay, and, gotcha. and important, you know, gotcha. you know, studio. Well, film.
0: If you can paint a little picture, of what it was like in Dallas at that time, trying to be an actor.
1: You know what it it was very different at that time, I believe uh you know the studios at Las Colinas had just been built, and it was looking like you know the tax incentives were what we're trying to get them now and, and and it really was a hot spot, and it was looking like we were going to do some stuff and so there were quite a few movies that had uh, had come through town and um yeah, so it was exciting but you know i moved to l a because I knew that if I wanted to ever audition for anything that was you know, a bigger role more than a, a you know, a day player, you know. or Yeah, you had to be there at that time. You had to be in it, L.A. or New York. It's
0: still kind of like that where like a production will come here, but they're really not getting principles from here usually. Right. Is that, has that um, changed at all? It,
1: it depends. Right now, there's so much more product. Ah, you yeah. know, I tell my actors often that that it is it's, in a way it's the best time to be an actor because there, there's so much, you know, demand. Mm-hmm. We've got streaming, you know, HBO, Netflix, all that. when I was acting, you had studios. (laughs) If you didn't have, you know, a studio behind you, the movie probably wasn't going to get made, or if it was, it was going to be, you know, just a real, real, real low budget. Yeah, no one was going to see it. Yeah, so... yeah, I think it's different. I think there's a lot of indie films around here that are getting made, and um, you know the local actors, you know, really do have a shot that they probably would not have had when I was acting. Yeah,
0: that does seem the case. Like, I because yeah. I, I I am a I'll call myself a failed actor. Yeah, I feel like I missed my calling. Like that, like I got to LA when I was really young, and I didn't know what I was doing. And by oh, the yeah. time I figured it out, I was fed up with all of it. You know it.
1: what? There is a sweet spot. It mm-hmm. really is. Yeah. I, I think you have to. I've seen too many actors go there. I'm um, just not prepared. Either not mm-hmm. prepared with their training or not prepared with, you know, doing smaller roles and then they get to LA and of course the numbers are, you know, a lot more competition. So right. uh, they kind of hurt themselves by, you know, not being ready. And then of course it, it, it crushes your self-confidence. Absolutely. And, yeah.
0: yeah. But I, I do, I mean, anyone that asks me, not that a lot of people are anymore, I'm like, if you want to go to LA or New York, establish yourself
1: here. Yes, I agree. You know,
0: and, and what's funny too, maybe you saw this too, but when I, I moved to LA, a lot of friends came after me. More than half of them went back home. Yes. Like they didn't yeah. stay because it's like, let's try to, you know, and that's something we deal with the music community. That's probably not something you're even aware of is that, you know, these artists like kind of make it and they go away and they just, they're not from Texas anymore. And we yeah. have, it's kind of annoying, but anyway, <laughs>
2: wow.
0: a little off track. Um, so you go to LA, you're out there for a little bit. Like what, what are some of the other stuff you were doing out there when you were? Like, um,
1: well. I, I have to say my experience was um very very different from most actors and I'm aware that I don't know that I was at the time you know it happens and it's like oh this isn't as hard as they say it's going to be because mm-hmm. I I very quickly had a manager and, and he was a, a you know a list manager and then I very quickly had an agent and and again uh you know I was auditioning and I, I was working I was on uh you know again this was in the 90s but um I was on Night Court, which was at the time, I think it was like the number three, you know, rated show, show. you know, that was before we had all the cable and streaming. But um, uh, it was a really, really great show. And so I was on that and then um, booked a few movies here and there. I, uh, you know, so I had this agent, I had a manager. And then, you know, again, I told you I worked with um, Oliver, Oliver Stone inside of the first year. I actually auditioned for Steven Spielberg and um uh, yeah it was (laughs) the role of a mermaid in the uh, the movie Hook and I didn't get it and Mm. I guess I just wasn't mermaid looking enough but um (laughs) but you know that was just very very heady and uh and then I found myself in uh oh this just amazing uh acting class my coach at that time was Roy London who Mm. um really yeah I mean he was it if you were gonna study anywhere because I I tell people he not only coached um, working actors he coached movie stars Mm -hmm. you know at that time Uh his master class was Michelle Pfeiffer Sharon Stone Brad Pitt Gina Davis he coached Robert Downey Jr. uh, Gary Shanling and um, you know the impact he had on me in my life is truly immeasurable
0: yeah I I I was fortunate to like take a couple classes with Roy did you yeah yeah Um, I, I mean I just I think I audited and yeah yeah so so then I mean that was a pretty influential teacher and having that kind of experience is that sort of what opened your eyes to being a teacher well
1: well, uh, what happened and I, this is kind of <laughs> an important part of the story mm-hmm. um, I can't I got to a point I was putting my reel together one day and I realized wow I have been in bra and underwear a lot. Uh-huh. I have been in bed with men who weren't my husband a lot. I mean, they weren't, you know, they were legit fi- Disney films. I was in a <laughs> film with uh, Kathleen Turner called VI Wachowski. And uh, the movie Dutch, it was a John Hughes film, it, always in my underwear. And I thought, this is, I'm not in my underwear this much in my real life. And I thought, this is not who I am. So I had a, a talk um, with Roy Uh, This was actually, we did not know he was sick, and it was a few months before he died, and I asked him, I couldn't understand why I wasn't working more, because I knew I was doing solid work, And, and he, this was a game changer. He said, oh, Teresa, that's easy, and I said, what? He goes, Hollywood does not make movies for women like you. Mm. he says in the 40s you would own this town he goes but those roles are just not there and so i just really did a deep dive and was exploring you know what was out and i would get out the, you know, the movie section of the papers and see uh you know for every you know in, you know nine movies made for men by men with men there was one with the lead female and i thought what in the world am i doing mm. and it was so frustrating because i realized hollywood didn't want women yeah, And it was just, that's just the way it was. And, and so I, I was extremely frustrated and limited. And, um, and it was just at that time that I had a couple really, my mentor, uh, and then I actually had two mentors. One was uh, uh, one of the producers from Night Court. And they, um, they not only encouraged me to write, but they sort of insisted on it. And, and I said, okay, oh, hey, I guess I'll give this writing a try. Because they knew how frustrated I was. Sure. So, um, so I started writing, and, and I love it. Yeah. that's
0: really that's that's cool but that yeah just going back into that moment in time I mean it's not changed a ton I guess uh, I guess there's more roles now for women but, oh
1: oh so many more but it was Absolutely. there was a long
0: time where that was this the story and I mean I did a lot of extra work mm-hmm. so I would hang out with girls that worked on like entourage and yeah like, the stories you hear just from that it's just oh like, yeah you know make yeah. anyone want to leave Hollywood. Honestly. well if you think
1: about it back in the 40s you know the the oh gosh it, it probably you know eight out of 10 of the top box office stars were women.
2: Mm. Oh, and really? then,
1: oh, yeah. And then, you know, when I was in the 80s and 90s, I don't think there were any women in the top 10. Hmm. Not one, yeah. you know, maybe one. And now I checked it out recently. It's, it's inching towards half and half. So that's yeah. nice. Well, I think
0: part of it is that, you know, women are, there's more women writers. And, and I mean, maybe maybe some men writers are more aware yeah. of it now, too. Um, but you know, I see a lot of shows and movies now that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. God, how frustrating is that? You like achieve your goal and it's like the world you're in is just not right. right But
1: but you know what? I'm not the Lone Ranger here. Uh, It happens to a lot of people, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what's in demand, you know, one year is not the next year. And so I think all actors sort of go through that feeling of, okay, I'm just, you know, Mm -hmm. the first thought is I'm not any good. Uh, but then if you just r- look at the numbers and look what, you know, again, what are they looking for? You know, you just may not be what's in vogue right now. Yeah. You that,
0: I think too, like uh, some of the moments where I was like, oh, I nailed this audition. Why didn't I get it? And then I see who they cast and I'm just like, <laughs> God, I tortured myself for so long. <laughs> like you're never going to be seven feet tall whatever that, you know, it yeah. is. it's just, you just can't be exactly. like, you know, it's uh. not a play. That's the problem. I, Maybe that's what it is. I was raised in theater Mm -hmm. where you can play, like I was playing Don Quixote in high school. Oh, wow. So you're thinking, I could do any role. Like they just need, it's like, no, that's just not how it really works. (laughs) There's not enough people in high school to play all the roles,
1: Yeah, you have to be kind of realistic. I have a funny story for you. I was I auditioned for it was a car commercial one time, and um, I went in, and the casting director oh she fell in love with me she oh my gosh you were so good this is so great this is yeah I think you're gonna get this you're my favorite and um, I, I love thinking wow it looks like I'm gonna get this I think it was a national car commercial wow. and then I don't hear it back and I don't get a call back. and then it, it, next thing you know I see the commercial on TV she got the part what the casting I thought like, uh. isn't that like isn't there some sort of
0: yeah, that was the there. thing like I start because I was auditioning <laughs> for commercials at one period in L.A. And then I was like, this is the guy that's he's in every freaking commercial because like that, the thing is, they would get they'd get paid well, yeah, actually, in absolutely. L.A. But then they'd run the audition. They'd get to know the casting people and they'd be the last person on the on the reel every time.
2: Yeah, um,
0: you're right. They should yeah. be a law against that. Oh, crap. That's yeah. annoying. Um, Let's go back, though. So writing like so yes. you start writing like mm-hmm. let's let's how did that. St- like, hey,
1: Well, them? you know, I initially it was actually very cathartic and and, uh, all my stories come about from a different direction there might be a character that i latch into that i thought hmm you know i wonder what their story is and then just you know just uh, the ideas come to me once i put you know pen to paper Mm -hmm. usually and then um you know and of course like most writers you know your first drafts are are not good at all they're garbage (laughs) really um but i'm extremely tenacious and i'm really good at figuring things out and uh so the very first thing i I wrote um i actually i entered it into a competition and it was a um the the award was a million dollars for your for your film you could make them if you can make a a million dollar movie you know you would win and you could direct it and all that Mm. and so um lo and behold uh, out of 3000 entries i was in the top 10 Ooh. And that was the first thing i first wrote wow. i thought you know what i might have some talent with this and so then i you know and then you start the next one and the next one and and um i don't know the stories anymore they tend to sort of tell themselves you mm-hmm. know once i give them my time and attention and uh yeah so that was the first one and then uh i, I i'm not i'm a terrible salesperson i'm terrible <laughs> at se- uh, self promotion i really don't like the business, the show business. And so, um, uh, you know, I have made some short films from stuff that I've written. Um, I've had a, a couple other screenplays that, that did really, really well in competitions. Probably the one that, that most people would recognize would be um, Project Greenlight. Mm-hmm. I had one, um, it was a, actually the very first Project Greenlight competition in the early, uh, I think it was 2001. I entered a, a piece that I had written and uh, it finished in the top, uh 30 out of 7, entries. Oh entries wow. so that was kind of cool wow. yeah so i did i did make a short out of that
0: so do you only write screenplays do you do short stories or anything yeah
1: else? no i i there's something uh i see life in uh in, in scenes i think it's just from being around it so much mm-hmm. you know everything is a scene to me and i think now from coaching for so long i've been a coach for 22 years um uh, there's this beautiful synergy that happens with with having coached literally thousands of scenes and knowing the dynamics and knowing what works in a scene, what makes a good scene. Um, uh, it, it's just made the whole screenwriting process so much easier. Yeah, I could see yeah. that.
0: Okay, with well, so screenwriting, then how do we become an acting coach? Uh,
1: um, okay, so uh, when I moved to Dallas, it, it was a uh, yeah, what year did I move? Two thousand. Um, it, it, again it was a family situation that brought me here um and i i realized i mean in short my i i have a son a grown son and his um when he was a teenager he had moved back here to live with his dad that was my promise and uh he was only here a couple of years when his dad passed away so mm. i'm in la and i thought okay i gotta a tough decision to make here. I either bring my kid back to Hollywood or I move back to Texas where he's been going to school. He's playing football. He's being scouted. He's, you know, having a a great time. And so, um, I just did what any good mother would do and packed my bags and came back to Dallas. And, uh, you know, of course I had to get a a new job. And so at the time, um, uh, I had been helping a friend at a law office in LA. And so, (laughs) I deemed myself a legal secretary. I was terrible at it. <laughs> Absolutely awful. Um, but, it, you know, I could get the job done. And um, you know, so I, I came here and I uh, you know, got a job at a law firm. And within a few months, I thought, this will kill me. You know, My, it's, my soul will be destroyed if I don't find something creative to do sure. but I didn't really want to act again just because you know it's it's difficult to go from reading for or and being in films or you know auditioning for Steven Spielberg or working with Oliver Stone and then deciding to do like an industrial I just couldn't do that it's like yeah. no that's not what I want I to do yeah, and I needed the, the um, you know, constancy, of, of a, I needed a steady paycheck, etc. So, but I'm at the law firm. And then it occurred to me that um, maybe I, you know, could do the you know, coach actors. So, you know, you put your shingle out. And for a long time, I had like, I don't know, four or six people in my living room. And <laughs> I was in a, my a living room in my apartment for a few years. And then, it just kept growing and so now that uh, you know the studio has um seven classes uh, a week oh wow I coach for them and I have two assistant coaches that coach the other three and um yeah it's uh, no one's more surprised than I am actually <laughs> and you do like yeah. one-on-ones as well I, I do one-on-ones yeah, yeah. so
0: yeah. and can you tell us maybe some success stories
2: of people? um
1: yeah uh oh years ago I coached a uh A young lady, um, her name is uh, Chantel Van Santen, and she was a regular on One Tree Hill. And then uh, I coached uh, Drew Waters, and he's still acting. He's in Georgia now, I believe. And he was on Friday Night Lights, and then he's just done a lot of guest starring roles and different projects. And the the one that I'm most uh, excited and proud of is a a young man by the name of Jack Elliott, Mm. who right now has a... um, You know what? I want to say that... uh, is extremely highly rated on amazon but it's on the insp network the west uh the wild west chronicles and he plays bat masterson oh, wow. and uh he's a phenomenal actor he is truly one of the best i ever coached and um you know stardom should have found him you know a decade ago but he he's a lot like me in that the self promotion thing is not, it's just not in him. You know? And especially and so, now,
0: that's like even more of a thing where you have to self promote. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Media.
1: And so, but, but somehow he fell into this gig and, and they're shooting season three. Wow. Yeah. And so there, there's a, actually, there's, I'm going to give him a shot. There's a great interview of him in uh, Cowboys and Indians magazine. Oh, cool. Yeah. It just came out. And uh, yeah, he's doing well. And I expect, uh, you know, more great things from him.
0: Can you maybe it's there was a gap i guess from being in roy london's class to actually start coaching but like maybe or maybe some things that really came came through maybe even subconsciously when you started teaching that he had taught to you
1: oh gosh so much so much i mean this man was um uh, oh the things that i remember um it just just the whole idea of um you know being interesting and and, and bringing as much of yourself as to you know the project and not acting you know there were, there were a couple uh, just moments you know just real very personal things that he said to me um that you know again they were life changing moments yeah um and, and you know one in particular <laughs> i was doing a scene oh gosh it was from um the Arthur Miller play, Bus Stop, and it's something Marilyn Monroe had done. And um, my first line was, what bus is this? And when I say it took me forty-five minutes to get that line right, I'm not exaggerating. Uh, uh, right. And um, so he he stopped me. He, you know, I finally got it right, and he said, you know, what, wh- why was that so difficult? And I said, Roy, I said, I just feel like if I do it like that, that's just so masculine. And so <laughs> <laughs> he to took a poll of the men in the class. He says, raise your hand if you think Teresa's masculine. They did not. And, and he said, or, he said, oh, I, I said, I feel like it will have lost. Every cell of femininity in my body, and he goes, "What is your idea of feminine, Joan Collins?" And that was just such. It was like, "Oh my God, I, I get what he's saying." Yeah. You know, it just yeah. because I was acting, I was doing my idea. Uh-huh. of what this woman was rather than just trusting that I was a woman and, and I could pull it off. Right, you know?
0: right. It's, it's so interesting to me, like the whole, like going to acting class to learn how to be natural. Oh. But it's so crucial, I feel well, like.
1: Well, uh, you know, and what people. I, I think so. I teach scene study and character analysis and, and I tell my actors all the time, there isn't a class that I don't learn something new about a scene and how it was crafted and what's going on here. I I, I mean, I I learned so much just coaching these scenes, mm-hmm. you know, and of course, I try to coach really well written material so that's certainly yeah I mean even just
0: having the experience of being in a class and having four other people do the same scene as me Mm -hmm. is so eye-opening yeah you know (laughs) Because like when you you know I mean I guess maybe more experienced actors have look at it for me it's I would I would have trouble finding different you know this is the way it's supposed to be oh yeah and I feel like that's a lot of people and then you see five other people do it and you're like why didn't I think of that yeah and it's just interesting absolutely yeah.
1: yeah and I always tell my actors too I said it's really really important to realize that um uh you know our goal is to t- help the writer tell their story as honestly as we can to the extent that we know their intention you know mm-hmm. if you can read the whole script great um uh, you know, but, but there isn't any one way to do it. There isn't any right way to do it. Ultimately, you want to be effective. You have to help tell the story. You want to be interesting. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you want to be truthful and, um, you know, it's going to turn out the way it's going to turn out. And right. there's a, and, you know, I, i like to think that my, um, to, to the extent that I have any, uh, you know, true you know value worth as a coach is that, Because I have been doing this so long, uh, it's really, really easy for me to watch a scene and know whether it's working or not. And Mm -hmm. when I say working, I mean, it's simple. Will will people pay to watch this? Right. And if the answer is no, then we have work to do.
2: Yeah.
0: And I feel like a lot of people maybe can see what's wrong, but the gift is you can say, well, this is. Let yeah. me just show this give you this mirror as it were. Absolutely. You know, you know, yeah. And there's
1: just certain things that that um consistently uh will bump a scene up, mm-hmm. you know, make it a little bit better, you know, than it, it would be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for
0: me, one of the hardest things was and maybe it's because I was approaching it wrong, was like I'm going into an audition and I've I got this character and I've got this thing and then and then I I'm uh in the room, and I'm in this room with this person with a piece of paper, and I can never get out of that. I never <laughs> got past any of that. It's hard. Yeah. It
1: is really hard. Yeah. Right. And that's what, putting up that fourth wall and just mm-hmm. really imagining you're somewhere else. It is. It's very challenging. Yeah. yeah. Sure.
0: Let me ask you. We were, we touched on it briefly because I, when I lived in Austin in 07, and I remember like going to the Capitol and trying to get tax incentives for the... Mm-hmm. What's the state of that today?
1: I, that's a really good question. Um, I, I'm actually excited because uh, I know some people who are personally working on that. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, it comes around all the time. But the the bill has been introduced. I don't believe they have voted on it yet. Mm-hmm. But I know they have the, the conversations and the uh, negotiations. So my my understanding is that it's still up in the air. Okay, But it's looking like we're getting closer than we have been it's in a while.
0: It's just so frustrating because I really got behind that i mean i really sure. pay ten- attention to the top and it's like all it does is bring money to the state yeah there's really no other there's no downside yeah i mean except i guess if you're like don't want hollywood in your city but that's why wouldn't you i have a memory of one of those like we uh, were protesting or whatever and i just remember the guy speaking he's like you know the movie the alamo was still in louisiana do you want that to be the way we represented in texas i just i really it's just uh, it's yeah. just funny to me the why do we shoot ourselves in the foot? I know. So much, yeah. Oh, know? I hope it happens. That would be so amazing. It would be yeah. amazing.
1: Well, you know, I mean, we have the the new studio in, in Mansfield and, and there's rumors of others. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's uh, um, I'm not sure when it's supposed to open, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's exciting.
0: So I'm going to ask you about advice to actors. The first, you don't have to say take class because everyone should know that. Even yeah. Even if they don't, if you're sure. a young actor, take class. So beyond yeah. that, what yeah. would you say?
1: Uh, well, outside of class, there's so much studying you can do, especially now with YouTube. Oh my gosh, there's all kinds of, you know, masterclass and, and, you know, the Hollywood reporter has the round table and you can listen to actors and get their, you know, take on uh, various things. Um, Uh, be persistent. You just have to be persistent. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it doesn't happen overnight. It's, uh, you know, I've often said that, that in some ways, you know, acting is very competitive. Yes. And and I had a, um, a friend, he he said, oh, well, it's not as hard as being a pro athlete. And I said, you know what, maybe physically, I said, but if you're a pro athlete, there's something about you that suggests you should probably be an athlete. Mm -hmm. There, actors don't have that. Anybody can wake up and say, "You know what? I'm going to be an actor." And sure. so that that just makes the field a lot more crowded, yeah. you know. And and uh, you know that's that's ninety percent of the battle is just getting past everybody else who's trying to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean
0: longevity, yeah, consistency. Yeah. That. That's, so that's I think fine.
1: persistence. I I think um, like anything, be honest with yourself. You know, be able to watch your videos and say, "Oh, you know what? That wasn't so great. Maybe I could do better. Or I should do better." And and, and not to let I think <laughs> my actress will come in and they'll start something they'll look at me and they'll say, Don't judge me and I'll say, Well, I'm I've never ever judged you. I am assessing you. I have to assess whether or not this is right. you know, people come in and say, work. Don't
0: judge me, really?
1: Yeah, I've heard that. That's funny. You know?
0: Like what what if you don't want to be judged, don't be seen, well i just soften know.
1: it with i'm assessing you yeah I mean. and, and plus you know what we're all on the same page that all of us in in the studio you know me and, and everybody we all want exactly the same thing in that we I want, and they want to be the best they can be. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what we're always working towards. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do
0: you, do you have anything else coming up? A project? A screen? Um,
1: what am I working at? Well, I am working with a couple um, producers, having my scripts read, trying to, you know, get something made. You know, but not, nothing too immediate. Okay. Yeah.
0: What if people want to take class with you? Can they reach out?
1: They can. Um, the studio. Uh, we have a website. It's tbellactorstudio.com. And it, it really, all the information they need is on there. There's a uh, FAQ page. There's a, um, uh, you know, to so get started. Mm-hmm. I ask actors to come observe a class so they know exactly what they're getting into. And then I do have an audition for a placement class just because I like to make sure that um, people can memorize, you know, answer their questions, find out what their schedule is. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it works. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want to thank you for talking well, to me today. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that yeah. so and much. I, I, I will say I did take class with you and mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. Oh, thank I you. stopped taking because that's literally when I stopped acting completely. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, it was the best decision for me. Me and Rob talked about how we quit acting many right. times, but this time it actually it, You it stuck. Took, <laughs> yeah, I found other things that I'm good at. So that yeah. helps. Anyway, thanks again. For well, sure. thank
1: you. It's been great. Thanks.
0: I'd like to thank my guest, Teresa Bell. If you're interested in acting classes, you can look her up at T-Bell Studios. Theme song, Unstoppable by Salim Narala. You can listen to the Dallas Famous Podcast every week on Deep LM Radio, Sundays and Tuesdays at 1 p.m. and then again on all the podcast places.